Welcome to the Kingdom Educators Podcast, where we empower Christian teachers to grab a hold of heaven's hope-filled perspective so you can activate transformational impact in your classroom and community. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to wake up to your strategic placement as a kingdom educator, anointed by the creator and equipped by all of heaven to release the radical goodness of God that will transform lives and reshape education. several episodes have been so encouraging. Don't you think? If you haven't had a chance to check them since October, I have been doing a weekly episode based on a testimony. Aren't you so thankful for testimonies? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and that comes from Revelation 19.10. And when we think about the testimony of Jesus, we're talking about the things that he has done, the things that we can recount that God has done on our behalf, or the people that we've prayed for, interceded for, or maybe we've heard somebody's testimony. And what do they do for us? They stir up faith and expectancy that what happened for them can happen for us. And so my point in sharing these testimonies, I really feel was a nudge from the Lord to bring encouragement to you, the teacher on mission, the kingdom educator who's tuned into God's heart, is following the ways of Jesus and is positioned for impact purposely at your school to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And when we do that, we sometimes face opposition, right? Raise your hand if you faced opposition. Probably everyone's hand is raised, or at least in your heart, you raised your hand. Thank you for participating. But what I'm saying here is that we need to stir up our hearts to love and good deeds, just like the scripture says. And we do that by sharing what God is doing because he's in a good mood. He's on the move in and through us in the schools, but we have to keep our eyes on him. And one way we can do that is by encouraging one another with what God is doing. So I'm so thankful for these testimonies. You know, being in a place of thankfulness is the best place we can be because it puts us on the offense in terms of we know Jesus is already one. We can't always see that he's moving, but we can trust that he's moving behind the seeds because why? Because the word says that he's faithful and true. But when we position ourselves in a place of thankfulness, we're putting ourselves in an optimal position for victory because we already know we've won. We're not sitting in a victim mindset But instead, we're knowing that Jesus is victorious. And because he lives in me, I too am victorious. Such a good place to stand. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick recap of all these amazing testimonies that have come through since October. So if you haven't had a listen, you got to hear these. We started out with some student testimonies. Yep, that's right. We had one called Simple Yet Profound, where a student who was actually in the foster care system had a teacher who was tuned into God's voice. This might be you. You have no idea what kind of impact you're leaving, even this year, Christian teacher. This teacher tuned in and saw a picture that the Lord gave him for the student. And that picture that he shared with the student caused him to rise up on the inside when he was going through a very rough season in his life where he felt unsafe and unsure of his value. This teacher sharing a revelation from Father God about how he was secure and loved caused this student to rise up on the inside. And so I just want to encourage you that wherever you are in whatever students you're serving, you have no idea. God is doing good things when you respond to his voice. 
We had one about 30-year-old impact, about a student who was moving a lot, and her teacher came into a position of being like a mom to her, made her feel safe and seen. We had the testimony of unseen hope with a student who was raised in a home with drug abuse and alcohol, and yet a teacher tuned into the voice of God, even when the student was oppositional toward learning, to say the least. She called out the best in him. He still refers to this teacher as someone who has changed his life, has shown him his value, and that he's worth it on his worst days. Wow. That is pretty incredible if you think about it. She may have wanted to give in like you and I may have wanted to. We had another testimonial from a teacher gone social worker. Kylia Rain shared about God's ways being higher than her own on her path for life. We also heard from former principal and teacher Felita Cars, who thought she knew why she went into teaching, but realized partway through that the Holy Spirit was nudging her to have a greater impact than she could have imagined. Now, let's just say you've thought about leaving the teaching profession. Well, last week, you probably heard from April Reuter, part one about I'm a teacher on mission, and she actually tried to get out of teaching and Father God called her back in. So sometimes we're called to be done and move on to the next thing God has for us. But other times he's calling us to stand, to know that being a missionary means that we're pressing into God's heart, his vision for those that we're working with and those that we're serving to hear his heart about them, to pray accurately with God's heart, with his vision, and to remember that we're rooted and grounded in his love that we have everything for life and godliness and every spiritual blessing in Christ. And we're hooking ourselves into the vine, right? John 15, I'm the vine. You are the branches. You can do nothing apart from me. Wow. Huh. I mean, aren't these great reminders? Even in the work that I'm doing and serving you yesterday, I was out on a run and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, Jessica, you have to keep the first things first. It's not about the checklist. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Sometimes we get so caught up with the to-dos of our work, our lesson planning, our meetings, our student to follow up with that we forget why we're here. God has given you a specific vision for the mission that he has to do in and through you and partnered with him You have a powerhouse supply of everything that you need to accomplish that mission. Signs that we are overworked or overtired are that we're not truly hooked in, that we're not seeing people like he does. And so I just encourage you, if you've gotten a little off like I was yesterday while I was out on my run, God says, I want to give you a tune-up. I want to help you realign yourself with me, the vine, the source of life and light. It's me. I cover you with my righteousness. And so what we're doing is we're stepping into a new way of doing things. You know, on one of my first episodes, I talked about the difference between just being a Christian teacher and a kingdom teacher. It's like a hand drill versus a power drill. Holy Spirit comes and he is the one who is our power supply, but we have to press into him. Just like April Reuter was saying last week on part one of I'm a teacher on mission. I believe it was episode 48. And she's talking about how when we press into God, we have 
the full victory because he's given us what we need in the moment. But we have to first, number one, to be effective is to seek his presence, to seek his heart. And it's spending time with God. And this is not one of those like, you didn't do your quiet time, so you're not a good Christian. You're not a good teacher on mission. This is not about condemnation. This is about, did you receive your fibrous cereal this morning? (laughs) Did you drink your healthy green drink like I do? What am I referring to? I'm referring to our power supply. Do we get charged up before we went on the mission, right? God wants to fill you up. He wants to speak to you about who you are. Who you are is way beyond what you do. I can't wait to talk more about this, but I went to a conference recently with Jamie Winship. His company is called the Identity Exchange, and he helps people to hear the voice of God about their identity. And this identity has nothing to do with their actual position, but it's the identity that they have for their entire life. So when you know your identity, you can work in any field that aligns with that identity. For example, if my identity is radical culture shifter, I could work all kinds of jobs that would radically shift culture. I can especially work any of those jobs empowered by the official radical culture shifter, Jesus, because he's going to show me through his life and light how to step into alignment with what an area or a region needs in order to bring a culture shift. And he knows the actual shift that needs to happen. So I implore you to spend some time with God and just ask him, Lord, what's my real identity? Are there some false identities that I need to lay down so that I can receive who you're actually calling me to be? Because I guarantee that as you go to school and you see yourself as that, for instance, radical culture shifter, you'll recognize that the culture of the kingdom is very much different than perhaps your public school, your district, or maybe even what's happening in your current classroom. But the Lord has simple upgrades for us to align with him, the vine, so that we can be empowered by the true power source, our electric drill, so that we can do the things that God has called us to do. I think about one of the other episodes that came out in early December, and that was tuning into everyday breakthroughs with a local teacher in my area. Her name is Rhonda Bastion, and Rhonda shared with us some simple keys for just stopping, pausing, praying, and asking God, what am I supposed to do? It's a really easy way to make a simple breakthrough happen is just tuning in. God, what do I do? These kids are fighting. I don't know what to do with my management system. Instead of getting in a frizzle, which I used to do a lot, unfortunately, in my middle school classroom, when things would get really rough, I'd feel like I had to do a complete overhaul. And the Holy Spirit's like, wait, what if you just said one thing to the instigator? You whispered it in his ear about the truth of his identity. Boom. Simple response, right? From the Holy Spirit, a simple shift could change the whole atmosphere. And Rhonda was modeling that for that episode, tuning in, God, what are you doing and what, how can I partner with you right now? Clint Daniels shared with us responding to the nudges of God. It's just a simple way of like, am I hearing? Do I hear you in the morning when I'm, it's just you and me? Do I hear you during the day when I'm in my class? 
Same thing with Mike Hicks from Christian Educators. He shared with us two brilliant stories on how the Lord led him to help kids with apathy. And then again, how to connect Christian teachers in his building in the episode called Be Lifted Up. So powerful. These testimonies encourage us. God is in the mood for moving. He wants to move with us. He wants to shift our minds to recognize like all things are possible for he who believes. <laughs> so good. All things are possible. In fact, this morning I was rereading Getting Ready for a Valentine's Day project for my daughter's class. And I was asking the Lord, God, how can I upgrade this project so it reflects your heart? And I just felt like he was saying to me, what if you called out the real identity of the kids, even if it was super simple? So I'm writing these little declarations and they actually come from my book, Speaking Words of Life in Your Classroom. I am a change agent in my family, school, and neighborhood. Wow. If we call that out in kids, what is that doing? It's putting the radical goodness of God on display. Yeah, really. You're calling out the gold in a kid. If they start to see themselves as a change agent, someone who shifts what's currently happening in their family, school, and neighborhood, think how they stand up on the inside. Think how they physically stand taller. Think how the countenance of their face changes. They recognize they have a responsibility to carry out a mighty call. It's a call to greatness. It's to step into their God-given identity that they are a leader. A leader meant to carry the identity that Father God calls in them. And that's a simple one. It doesn't have to be like, this is your lifelong, you know, what you're doing for your whole life. But it can be a component of that. We are all called to be change agents, leaving things better than they are, right? Did your parents ever say that to you? I think it's the same thing. What if poverty, brokenness, and abuse aren't the biggest problems in our world? This is one of the musings in my book, Speaking Words of Life, about how identity is truly our starting point. What if it's that there's a real absence of goodness? But when we, as the teacher on mission, call out the goodness of God, the glory of God in our students, we're actually pulling out the goodness of God. We're declaring it over a thing, right? We're declaring it over our kids. This is what you're born for. So, so powerful. It's just as powerful as Mike Hicks when he's sharing about the roots of apathy, What are the stories that our kids walk in with and how can we help them step into the next thing that God has for them? How do we help them to overcome? We help them to tune in to who are they called to be? What does Father God say about them? More to come about that. Another powerful testimony we heard was don't wait to let your light shine with former teacher Heather Conan. She currently works for Christian educators. You know, she was imploring us to respond to God right away. That when we don't, he's going to pass that call on to someone else and God wants to use you. So he grabs the willing heart and he says, yes, now get ready for the ride because God is going to do something. He's so excited to explode in and through you with his goodness to those that you work with. I also love Deb Wallace's encouragement as a principal who has been dreaming with God for years and God opened up an opportunity for her to see one of her dreams of starting a charter school in Northern California, boom, come about all by God's favor. His favor and his goodness is upon you, teacher. Expect good things to break out. Expect him to show up. He is excited to partner with you. 
I'm going a little bit long today, but I just want to encourage your heart that God is so proud of you. He is so proud of you for partnering with him. He is so proud of you for laying hold of his promises and not backing down. I am going to share with you a scripture that has been speaking to me lately. And it's actually, I've been digging into Psalms 23. You know, it's a scripture that we sometimes read and we're like, oh yeah, I remember reading that at my grandparents' church or we hear it at funerals or things. But Psalms 23 is kind of a pattern for the way that God speaks to us, how he takes us on a journey with him in our faith walk. And we start out and God is teaching us who we are and we're resting by the the rivers of bliss. If you read in the Passion Translation, we are hearing his voice But we also, in verse four, he takes us through valleys that are dark and they're deep. And I don't know if you've ever been there in the classroom, but we're in a time and a season where there's a lot of challenges. And many of you might feel like you're in that valley of deepest darkness. Psalms 23, four says, Lord, even when your path takes me through valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Wow. In those beginning verses, the Lord is solidifying us in him, knowing that we're his kids. We're his favored ones. We're the ones that satisfy his heart. He made us for his pleasure. And we're feeling that. And then when he brings us into the dark places, we have to remember back to what God has done, just like with the testimony, stirring ourselves up, right? I said at the beginning of the episode, stirring ourselves up with to love and good deeds is reminding us of what God has done, but reminding us of what he can do. And in this verse, David in Psalms 23, four, he is reminding himself that even when you lead me, Lord, on the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. Whoa, that verse is packed. I'm just going to read 4B again. You remain close to me. Teacher, remember, God is close to you. He is right next to you, whether you can feel him or not. He is leading you through it, whatever it is for you today, all the way. He is not leaving you half undone. He is not leaving the situation half undone. He is right there and you can lean in on your lover. Your authority is my strength and my peace. I'm so excited. I've got a special guest coming up in an upcoming episode David Schmoose from Christian Educators, and he's going to share a a story that's going to prompt us to move into what is the authority of God and how do I walk into it? In fact, in episode 48, April Ruder refers to the fact that she didn't really know how to walk in her authority her first 12 years of teaching. And I'm so excited to talk more about this because, you know, God wants us to walk in the authority of his name. It is powerful. Our authority is our strength and our peace, according to Psalms 23, 4. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. Ooh, remember with me, God's love takes away fear. Wow. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love of what? Jesus. The perfect love that laid down its life that you 
would become the righteousness of God, that he took everything that was yours, all the yuck, all the sin, every sickness and sin and disease, Jesus took it into his body that we could be his. And that breaks the power of fear, the fear of not belonging, the fear of shame, the fear of not having it together, not seeing the answers. It makes me want to cry. Like God is here to bring a breakthrough. All we need to do is walk in our authority and say, yes, he is the breaker. He is faithful and true. I am going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So be strong and take heart and wait on the Lord. The last part of this verse, I'll never be lonely for you are near. Teacher, if you are feeling alone in any way, remind your soul right now. Oh, soul, why are you so downcast within me? Put your hope in God for he yet saves. It says, I will never be lonely for you are near. But I just want to encourage you to be putting on the armor every day from Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. I can't stress enough the power of being clothed in the power of his might. I've said it over and over in this podcast. Holy Spirit wants to be your power supply. He wants to be the covering over you. He wants to be the one that brings the creative ideas from heaven to be your kingdom advantage, giving you every idea you need at just the right time, having answers to the system that you work in even. You know, we are the answer to the possibly an overhaul of the world of education. That's my prayer is that you would hear from heaven strategies that would cultivate God's heart, his kingdom, but they would really shift a whole system, the whole system of education. That's my prayer for you. So I'm going to read over you a paraphrase of Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. You can close your eyes. You can repeat after me, but we're just going to put on our armor today. We're going to remember that father God is our might He's in a good mood. He's on the move and he wants to use us and partner with our willing hearts. So get ready. Be expectant as we continue this season of testimonies, stirring up our faith to love and good deeds from Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I put on the whole armor of God that I may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, I take unto me the whole armor of God, that I may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. I stand therefore having my loins girt with truth, and I have on the breastplate of righteousness. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, I take the shield of faith, wherewith I shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And I put on the helmet of salvation. I take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Father God, I thank you for each one of those who is listening to this podcast. I thank you, Lord, that you have empowered them by your Holy Spirit to do the mission that you have called them to. 
I pray that they would hear your heart about the calling on their life, that they would know their name in you, who they are called to be that is above their position, their title, how the world sees them. I thank you, Jesus, that your identity for each one of these incredible teachers who is called by your name is above anything or any title that the world can give, but that it is what you see when you look on them. I thank you, God, for teaching us how to walk in the authority of your might, for filling us with your power, with ears to hear and eyes to see what you're up to, to display the goodness of God as we tune into you and respond to the nudges that you give us, Holy Spirit, as we go through each day. I thank you for empowering us to have energy and strength to do the job well that we've been called to. Thank you that you empower us, our natural talent, skills, and abilities, and you upgrade us with our spiritual giftings. Lord, let us see people like you see them. Help us to pray in line with you that we would see the needed breakthroughs come to pass in our schools, that you would cause toxicity to turn into a place of miracles and breakthroughs. Lord, I ask that where there has been death spoken, that life would instead grow and that words of life would become a fragrant offering to not only you, but it would cause our students and our staff members to rise up on the inside. I thank you, Lord, that you want to use us as radical culture shifters to change the tide of education, to change the tide of different people's lives, the trajectory of lives, just because we're saying, yes, I'm going to follow you. Thank you that you love falling on a willing heart. And I thank you, Lord, that you are with us all the time that we are never alone. And I just declare that you are good and you are faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm excited to pick up with the rest of April Rooters. I'm a teacher on mission and we will be beginning episode 50 next week. Can you believe it? So exciting. God is on the move. He's in a good mood and he's so excited to partner with you. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they too can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please visit kingdomeducators.com to receive your Kingdom Educator Daily Truth Declarations, my encouraging newsletter, and be the first to know about my newest resources online and in-person events. And be sure to find me on the socials at kingdom.educators. Until next time, don't forget you are a history maker and what you do every day is transforming lives.